0: I'm Matthew McCleary, and I'm Mitchell McCleary, and this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. And on this week's episode, we're talking about the greatest movies of all time. Sort of. We're talking about the 2022 Sight and Sound poll of the greatest movies ever, the once a decade poll that seems to bear so much weight in film conversation. We're talking the best movies ever, Citizen Kane, Vertigo, and so much more. Let's cut to our conversation already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. All right. And we're back. My review of Gene Daleman, 23, (laughs) Kwai do commerce. 1080 Bruxelles. Stop it. Stop it. Is, in fact, popping off on Letterboxd. Really? Just saying. Really? As we've discussed, I'm a man... What what does popping off mean? It's got three likes? Three likes. okay. (laughs) But I posted it, what, two hours ago? That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man of the people on Letterboxd, as you know. Yes, of course. Okay, okay. Um, Can we just get into this? All right, all right. Can Um, we just get into this? We're not here to talk about a movie this week. We're here to... Well, you know, for branding reasons, I think we should title this episode Vertigo... Plus our reaction to the sight and sound, whatever. Oh, because you guys watched Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. How great is it? And and it'll be like a little bait and switch. It'll be a Vertigo moment. Yeah. It's Uh, perfect. This one's a blonde. Uh. Oh, you thought it was this episode. Turns out it's this episode. (laughs) But it looks a lot, you would think, but it's not. It's going to be hard to tell. Um, So we're going to talk about Vertigo because it's amazing but really what we're here to talk about is the 2022 results of the sight and sound every once a decade best movies ever pull right that's why are, why is why are they some 2015 coffee shop name that's like in a college town well uh, to be hey f- we're, we're we're grounds and steam. Hey, we're <laughs> no, no. I hear you. I hear that you. Ash the, the, and clay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, hear you. Except the. We fact are that, rustic noun, <laughs> and rustic noun, except for the fact that Sight and Sound has been around and doing this. Um, oh, I bet they have since 1952. Right, that's the the Sight and Sound. You yeah. know. So you're saying these coffee shops and restaurants with the they are copying. That's what I'm Titan saying. Sight and Sound yeah. with these naming conventions. That's, Interesting. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, red flag number one, Sight <laughs> and Sound. So, so, so big news. Red flag number Thur- two, Thursday, they're British. Thursday All of right? this past week, Sight and Sound released its once every decade list of the greatest movies ever as voted upon by critics. And... <laughs> I said red flag number two. They're British, all right. And I am trying to Brexit this list. And this has completely, basically taken over. No reaction to that joke. All right, it's gonna be a long episode, people. Buckle up. And this has basically completely overtaken film Twitter discourse this week. Truly and because there is some significance to it the sight and sound list is significant in part because it is only released every 10 years you know and this is this is not you know what well, go ahead and, and okay what it define for the people the good people the good listeners because Sight and Sound is part of the BFI, yeah. which is the British Film Institute, as yeah. opposed to our lowly, you know, lowbrow, knuckle-dragging American <laughs> AFI list. Yeah. Well, and but, Wait, now, Which now, but I agree thing, with that description, by the way. Well, and here's the thing, is that Sight and Sound has been consistently doing this, and then in the 90s, AFI tried to do their list of the top 100 movies, which they did, and I think is a, like a well-regarded list, and then 10 years later, in 2007, they updated that list but we never got an updated one in 2017 and afi doesn't they're see- lazy and, and it was and it was also not apparent what that list was being generated by that was just right. oh, this is just some people at afi what's the calculus here like rolling stone just put out their top albums top 100 albums of the year yeah. and it, it it is a hot plate of garbage what they've <laughs> pl- placed at, That's at okay. the top of their list and and in some ways, you know, it's the kind of storied history of this existing for seven decades now, um, since 1952, that lends this so much more kind of renown and legitimacy in the film community. Right. And and so you know like i said afi did their thing for for 10 years and they've never done a third list they so, so whatever is, is part of the history of afi is it came after and is a bit of a reaction to no no, no i know i'm just uh, i'm curious you're saying like I'm their, their list is a bit of a reaction that, that's what i'm, okay, I'm okay, curious okay, that yeah. their list making is a reaction to kind of the, the 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 well-renowned nature of sight and sound and And I think even over the last 15, 20 years, Sight and Sound has garnered more of a reputation because of the way that we engage with critics, right? Roger Ebert was a really big, you know, and and it is crazy to me that Ebert's been dead almost a decade now, but his last 10 years of his life, he was blogging almost every day and there was a transparency and an accessibility to him and he would talk about the Sight and Sound lists. You know, he published... And, I mean, and, and sight, BFI, Sight and Sound, they publish every critics, you know, top 10. The original they, letterbox. Uh, yeah, it's true. It is the original letterbox. Okay. But where does, so where, where's the distinguishing line between Sight and Sound and BFI? Is like. It's just a, it's a film. Sight and Sound is a film magazine that's published by BFI. So, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. It's just like one offshoot of what sure. they do. Yeah. It's something okay. that they do. Um, and the sign and sound list is only voted upon by critics that they invite to participate. And so and there's also a director's list. And then there's a separate director's list of 480 directors that were invited to give their lists. And the way the lists work is you submit a top 10 not in a ranked order. And then they, the ranked list of 100 movies is based on the number, you know, the movie's placement is based on the number of mentions, um, mm. over the critics list and so there's no there's no like debating once we get to like top 10 it's just strictly numbers yeah i think it is just strictly numbers and and which wow which i think which i think and and a lot of people have commented on the well so so kind of the history here of this of this list is that for some of the kind of the interesting history here was you know for five decades in a row basically five lists in a row citizen kane was the number one movie you know uh, 19, right. 1962 through, uh, 2002, for, 40 years, um, five lists. And then in 2012, 10 years ago, Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock overtook De-thrown'd Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. This is a big deal, you know? And then in the last year, um, in the last 10 years, the number of participants has now doubled. Um, so it's a much wider group of, um, something like 1600 critics and a movie that was previously like what something like in the top twenty five, but never had been in the top ten before. So is it is now top twenty five was previous for this one. Yeah, something. Okay. I think it's something like that. Um, it's now number and, one, and it is now number one is John Delmont, um, which is a French language, um, Belgian movie by Chantal Ackerman about. It's, it's I don't know you you and I both watched it this week. It's a three and a half hour movie about a woman who basically does her chores for three days i mean there's obviously more to it but I, I also don't know that it is doing so much a disservice to the movie to say that uh, you watch no. her do chores no <laughs> uh no john Delmont. yeah okay and just just so we have the rules established here it's not like oh ever like every critic put this movie exactly like every critic put at number one at number one so every critic could have put this as their tenth, like, ju- sure. just barely making it. But because of that cumulative statistic, it reaches number one. And and here's the interesting thing about it is, it it makes kind of creating consensus really strange, you know. And 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 the people can offer their own, you know. Um, Reasoning, they they can submit that with their list. If you saw a lot of the directors' um, lists have been floating around on on Twitter, Twitter. did you see Wes Anderson's? No, that would Wes Anderson's list. They're all French films that you probably will not have recognized one of them. And his rationale was, "I'm writing this in France, so I'm going to give you ten French films." Smart Wes, good (laughs) boy. The Indian filmmaker, the director of RRR, <laughs> which was a big deal. Did you see this list? Oh, I saw that this, list. <laughs> this, this, man, this man is insane. He's like, obviously because- Kung Fu Panda is top 10. Obviously. <laughs> because Kung- now, whether Kung it's Fu top Panda. three, that's debatable. It's top 10 for sure, but. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Aladdin The Little Mermaid and two Mel Gibson movies that's five of his ten (laughs) those are locked in at five for sure now he's like annotating this now what else we got he's like barely thinking about it yeah throw Aladdin in there I like. That. I like when they steal the bread and they split it. No, I'm sorry. It's just Aladdin and the Lion King. Um, but it, I mean, it is. It is a. It, that's a wild little list. I mean, the, those are the director's lists. But this is what I'm getting at. Right? Is is if you have some critics, and I and I I I've seen this of some critics sharing their lists and their rationale of they were not necessarily trying to give the 10 best definitive movies ever but they were trying to give representation to movies that they think are important even if they know people aren't going to vote for them or it's and, like letterbox where letterbox lets you display your four favorites supposedly yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. which might mm-hmm. be your four favorites of all time or your four favorites right now or like or your four it's you christmas know, so these are my four favorite <clears throat> christmas movies you know yeah. So, like, Wes Anderson, yeah. was like, was in a French mood, a French-ass yes. mood. So he was just like, you know, <laughs> let, let's go with the baguettes. <laughs> Which, to me, is a little irresponsible. But, you know, to each their own. Uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, if we say there's some, you know, if we say that the list is a little suspicious, it, it's not because anybody is is tampering with the votes. It's, it's because... It, it's because, well, how are people deciding what's on their list? And then you have a movie like Jean Delman, which is like, you know, very kind of highly regarded amongst a certain kind of niche movie okay. Can cinephile. Can you, for the audience, read the full title? and I cannot. And <laughs> recreate the experience of scrolling through this list of going from four is in the In the Mood for Love. Three is Tokyo Story. Uh, no three Citizen Kane two is Vertigo one is Jean Delmont <laughs> and okay but that's not the whole title 23 Claw de Commerce 1080 Brussels I don't know it's so French what this was in my eyes was a massive pretentious like oh, yeah. hipster tip of the cap to the audience like screw you guys no one's heard now, of this and it's the best movie of all time. And it's three, three hours long. It's three uh, hours twenty. And one of the longest scenes in the movie is her peeling potatoes. <laughs> and if you don't get it, well, hey, why don't you go to AFI and watch some, watch some M Night Shyamalan, some John or Wayne movies. <laughs> yeah, The Sixth Sense is on that list. Oh yeah. Uh, God. <laughs> So, I mean, I hear your point about this being like a real pretentious like film, you know, school thing. But, but it's it's more, I think, a result of people looking at their lists and saying, I don't need to include Citizen Kane on my list. Everyone else will. Everyone knows it's great and everyone else will. Right. And, and Jean Delman is a more obscure, given the fact that it was not in the top 10 previously, is a kind of more obscure – well-regarded you know piece of feminist filmmaking and and really you know interesting for film theory and You know all of those things right it sure it, which doesn't make me Which doesn't make the best movie of all time. Yeah, I, i'm a or, little bit less ruffled Knowing the schematics of the yeah, of how this yeah. list. Was I think produced. that's important. Yeah. Yeah, if it was them arguing in a boardroom like, a no way. needs to represent <laughs> BFI for the next 10 years. It'd be like, all right, enough of this. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, and what was interesting to me was, you know, I mean, there was definitely a, an, a reaction to that being the number one movie. I saw maybe the greater kind of reaction and backlash is the inclusion of four very recent the four very recent films in particular Portrait of a Lady on Fire which um, is now at the number 30 spot <laughs> which is insane I <laughs> just which, uh, okay for context Portrait of a Lady on Fire is number 30 one behind Taxi Driver at 29 but ahead of Fellini's eight and a half and three ahead of Hitchcock's Psycho You know, it's 10. It's 10 ahead of rear window. As far as lesbians, like giving subtle glances to each other. (laughs) The movie slaps. (laughs) So can't use that. What? Oh, I got to use that. (laughs) Um, So Portrait of Lady on Fire is just from, um, what was that, twenty? 2019 and then you have the other the other three get out are moonlight moonlight's at 61 uh get out and then parasite parasites at 90 and get out is at 100 it is wild that okay here's my take on including a movie from the past 20 years or 10 20 past 10 years the past 10 I, years I, parasite yeah. is the answer for the past mm-hmm. 10 years and like for me I think I say no to the other three. I would agree, but those, you know, personally, aren't my favorite movies from the past ten years. No, no, yeah. I mean, uh, I saw somebody post, saw somebody tweet. Good thing I didn't get a Sight and Sound list because it would just be Lady Bird ten times. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, uh, but but I see. For for me, it's kind of like: should we be included because of the nature of this list? Mm-hmm. Should we even include? anything from the past 10 years right you know i, I don't I, know this- how it'll affect mm-hmm. history or its impact will be, right. you know. I think it's, you know, one of the conversations that often comes up around, you know, the Oscar time, uh, the Oscar season, is that there should be like some five or ten year later Oscar where we look back at a movie at, at oh. from twenty they They'd find a way so. to screw that up too, though. <laughs> I know, I know, they would totally would, and and you give an award, you know, really we should be giving the Best Picture award, not in Lovely February Bones, and Best March. Picture, that should. <laughs> But we should do it, you know, five or ten years later where we can measure actually its cultural impact, yeah. right? Like, and, and the ballot is just say, check yes if you've watched this since. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> <yeah>. sure. Um, <laughs> a check, a check if you've thought about Avatar the uh, <laughs> last ten years. If, um, if, I swear to God, if you watched Green Book uh, since one time, if you thought about Green Book. <laughs> Green Book. Green Book's the right Since 2019. Yeah. <laughs> then it, it gets an Oscar again. <laughs> Uh, it's, so I think there's They should have you know, anti-Oscars <laughs> Like alright listen We <laughs> we were in a weird headspace You know The stuff with Russia was going on <laughs> We're gonna have to take We're gonna have to rescind our offer to uh, What one Best Picture this year? Coda ash <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're like, can we uh, can we feel good just for a little bit, please? <laughs> we need something that makes and, us and feel that okay. Is, that is definitely like that is definitely a part of that whole thing, which is very like a reaction and a reaction and a backlash against you know the you know, Tar could be the best movie to hear, but it's it's not gonna win because you know, all the, the the series of cycles of love and backlash and confusion and it actually doesn't make us feel good. They're like, so <laughs> someone finishing that movie. So wait, was that was that girl like <laughs> she was having like some weird dreams. <laughs> I don't know, it's a little weird. <laughs> So, huge reaction. A little slow. (laughs) (laughs) Huge reaction. Huge reaction to these kind of recent um, films that are included. And I I feel a little bit of that. Of like, okay. I mean, and and like you said, this just because these are not other than Parasite, which I think is the answer. If you rank them one through four, I I mean, I know what you're going to say, but hit me with your one through four of those top four. Parasite get out, Moonlight Portugal I knew you were unified. gonna say that I knew you were gonna say but exactly I, I, that. yeah, yeah. Is that <laughs> yours or <laughs> um, the last two could like dabble. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I watched Moonlight, I was like, This is great. Haven't thought about it since. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's it definitely pioneered a certain style, mm-hmm. of the Barry Jenkins style, that's really you know been uh, repl- replicated and emulated for the last five or six years. And I love Barry Jenkins. I think he's. I think Beale Street's right. Beale Street's a great oh, yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of weird. And 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 for me, it's then the the movies that are the movies and filmmakers that are not represented on this. Oh my god! Is is the thing that i'm like that i'm most confused or kind of mystified by how a list like this happens. Here's a, i don't know what jumps out to you. I mean, because you we before we started recording you mentioned somebody saying how crazy it is that Tarantino's not represented on this list. So, but, not to spoil, but 1 2001 Space Odyssey is in the top 10. I think it's number 7, 6. It's 6. Probably 6. 6. Six. And that is very consistent on this list yeah. every year. <laughs> uh, but separately on the director's list, it's number one. Yeah, number one. The director's which, list is, is uh, yeah. And the director's list I'm a little bit more interested in, especially because it's a little bit more public. Yeah. And so you get to see what Martin Scorsese's top 10 movies are. Yeah. But we are going to potentially be doing a Tales One Space Odyssey episode in January with a very special guest. But Scheduling things yeah. for all three of us are crazy right now, yeah. so I don't want to guarantee, but we're, 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 we're working we're on a special episode for that. Scheduling, them. yeah. Um, but they mentioned uh, not one Quentin Tarantino movie, yeah, immediately makes the list highly sus. But here's the thing I immediately understand why there'd be a Quentin Tarantino movie or two in the AFI list, but not in the BFI list. And like the type of critic they're pulling on and the the interests and 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 I would say the 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 preferred perception from these critics about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing on Letterboxd when people do their top four likes and like usually they have like one quote unquote guilty pleasure movie and then three stuffy ones, depending on the person. Sure. I'm that and it's I'm talking about me, by the way. (laughs) I, I could see because every dorm room in the country has a you know Reservoir Dogs poster in it. Or a pulp fiction poster that like Tarantino has this air of fun, interesting, interesting B movie stuff, but not like high cinema, right? I think I think the rationale for not including Tarantino is because his style is pastiche. You know, this this kind of right. taking it's almost in, taking in and mixing all of these other influences, kind of very purposefully. Right. Ripping off is a negative term, but I don't know that Tarantino would argue with that. And right. and so the list actually represents, you know, a hundred years of movie making of all the movies that he is aping when he makes a movie. You know, I mean, the guy probably loves the the movies on this list. It, it reminds me, I was listening to an interview with Rick Rubin. I don't know if you know him. He's a legendary hip hop producer mm-hmm. um, that kind of pioneered hip hop from its beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just talking about this, like, sense from the general, like, public and music critics at the time of, like, DJs and remixing and, like, sampling was this very low, like, looked down yeah. upon, yeah, art. Or it wasn't an art. Yeah. It was like, oh, you're, you're just, like, kind of cut and paste collaging and stealing. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't an art form to them yet. It had to be proven over and over and over until, like... The general public says no. This is our yeah. genre. Obviously, rap is like the number one Billboard uh-huh. topping. What you know, whatever. Uh, but it took a really long time. Yeah, and I feel like he he might be like it reminds me of that for quentin And and in a lot of ways, I mean, he's always been so well regarded. You know, he, he, he's he's almost too entertaining for his own good. I, 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 no, I, I think that's I mean, look at the list though, right. Vertigo is the highest Hitchcock movie, and I love Vertigo. But, and you just watched it. It's sure. it's not the most yeah. entertaining Hitchcock. It, not it, at all, in, not by a long it, shot. In, in in some ways, like, purposefully not. But but that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. I agree. There, there seems to me, other than like some of them, even like a, like a Get Out, some some movies, there there seems to be an allergic reaction to like straight up yeah i I mean obviously quentin and and get out it's not just just entertainment there's a lot of stuff going on along with that but this list doesn't seem to like that yeah as much yeah and so much of this to even discern what's going on on this list requires something it requires i i don't mean this in a pretentious way because i actually don't like this you know number nine on the list is the man with the movie camera do you know what this movie is no it's a It's a 1929 Russian documentary. I know this movie. I watched it in film school. Mm, I've I've put this cover on Pinterest mood boards for design work many times. Yeah, we we watched it. We've studied it. We've talked about how the director really pioneered like montage filmmaking. You know, cutting between Mm -hmm. two different seemingly unrelated things to create you know a, 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 a a thematically coherent story or whatever it is you know and 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 it is right i mean man with a movie camera is very important but not something i'd recommend unless i was teaching a film class right or or like if you're really being honest with yourself desert island 10 movies that are the most important to you yeah come on now yeah yeah speak to me a little bit about list making Mm -hmm. why we love it why it's important yeah because i feel like more than any more than music more than any other medium movie people love making these lists and and there's a lot of conversation around it and it feels important i know letterbox i love making lists yeah you know like when we do when we did our quentin when we did our uh french dispatch episode i think we did our wes anderson Mm -hmm. power rankings Mm -hmm. there's something going on there that we yeah like can't help but be drawn to um i i wonder if i wonder if there is a a sense that movies one-to-one are more directly comparable than mm. other medium, right? right? So so there was this old website before Letterboxd. It was called FlickChart, and it was this great way of ranking your favorite movies. And basically what it would do, it generate two movies, and you'd see the posters for two movies, and all you would do is pick which one you liked more. Mm. And <laughs> as you would do that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, it would start right. to generate your list and wow. it was based on I want to do this right now oh, yeah, it was, it, I wasted many many hours in college doing this oh yeah um and so you know I, I could go on there right now and show you like you know aliens is in my top 10 because I've clicked it h- higher than it keeps destro- yeah. it, it, it's a tournament ranking yes yeah. yes but just yeah broken down differently yeah and so that is uh but but it's this wild thing of like you end up getting these and and then you get you end up getting these comparisons that are some sometimes like how do i make a decision between these two uh right one's a better movie but one i like more some that are comparisons that don't make any sense at all like why are we comparing aladdin to a man with a movie camera uh right and, and then you can see too, you know, it's like, okay, here's this, this pairing. And then you can see other users that have commented on this particular matchup and how they. Oh, interesting. So you, there's even a conversation about that. Dang, I want to sign up for this. And, and it's. it's Flickchart is always an interesting experiment to me because it, it is this thing of why do we feel like we can p- compare these two things? Because at the end of the day, they're movies where we don't really do this with n- books. And, and I also think. And we don't really do this with with music. I mean, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. What was it? Their top 100, 100 mm-hmm. albums of the or year, or like Pitch Pitchfork's top hundred of the year. But yeah. it's but but to me, it's like yeah, there are going to be critics that'll have their top hundred movies of the year. But mm. but hundred there. Who's ranking their? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't listened to hundred albums this year. No, right? Like that's that's such an insane thing to be to consume and keep up with. Mm. And and there's so much fragmentation in basically every other right m- art medium, right? You've never heard of a top 100 book list. I mean, you have, but they're like not nearly given the attention that something like this being no. a list. Is. And and you know, it's all classics, right? You know, but but right and, right, 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 and part of it too is it's just thousands and thousands of books that are being published, and 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 just as many albums that are released, and you know and they they, movie is kind of a different thing and there are a lot of movies that get released every year and that increases every year but but there's more of a consensus of what is quality yes there's there is there is more of kind of what we recognize and i think there's less of these niche i mean there's definitely Mm -hmm. indie art movies that have their own niche followings but you know you look at like like i don't know i'm not a expert i don't know anything about the publishing world but what i imagine right there is there's just these little niches of here's ya fiction here's sci-fi here's this here's this here's this and you know everyone just segments out in the same way with with music right it's it's, it's by genre and, and it's like on spotify wrapped when your number one genre is lo-fi hip-hop beats <laughs> you're like okay yeah, comparing <laughs> Top songs or artists is, How do you is do a that? little yeah yeah it's possible and and so I think at the end of the day we 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 feel like movie to movie there is a similarity there and right yeah so I I, I and I think we make lists because um, we want to be organized we 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 like order and. We also we it, like to define ourselves by what we like. We define ourselves by what we like, and we like to root for our, It's similar to like sports fans. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, right? People say this movie fans, when it's the end of the year and it's awards season, that's their playoffs or whatever. Right. And because it's like, I have a vested interest in TAR for whatever reason. I love this movie and I want to see it win, you know, and mm-hmm. I want to see it beat whatever. Like the beam. Yes. Oh, man, they won today. Uh, I know <laughs> It's crazy. Um, Shout out Sacramento Kings. I know. Beam team. All right. They're number four in the Western Conference. <laughs> Five right now. Five? I thought it was four. Well, they lost like three in a row two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Anyway, so I think that's part of the list making aspect of it. But I and I, the I phenomenon. think phenomenon. Yeah. And I think with movies that the whole world is a little more defined than mm-hmm. um, other things but yeah it is way less uh like with music that it it feels segregated by genre like i don't even know where you, where where i would go to re- create a list of my top 10 albums of all time yeah you need a letterbox for each medium yeah like you have Goodreads, but my god who's on Goodreads? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the i mean i think there is a music equivalent i don't know if there's an app for it. i know there's a site for it yeah but it, it's just less interesting yeah Yeah, you know, because 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 my top ten movies are gonna be things that a lot of people have seen, but my Mm -hmm. top ten albums are gonna be a lot of things that people a lot of people have never heard of. There's there's less discourse, less conversation to be had. Yeah, Yeah. any any other kind of big takeaways from the list? Omissions? I I don't remember seeing any PTA. No PTA. See, this is I got two big omissions of directors. No PTA. Am I going to say? Brooks. Oh, so it's three. I, there, yeah, that's true. No PTA, uh, no Coen brothers, no Terrence Malick. Yeah. I mean, Terrence, I kind of, no, see, I mean, I'm so, su- I'm, I'm
1: surprised. surprised.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely surprised, but Terrence Malick feels like, like uh, to be honest, any one of his movies, but Badlands is in this sweet spot of being old enough and love beloved enough as a classic mm-hmm. that it's not his best though. I, yeah. You know? and, maybe tree of life will get on this list in 10 years, uh, but I, but I, I, don't think it will at all. I don't I think really so. Don't. I, I agree. No. It was Roger Ebert included it on his last Sight and sound poll in 2012. Oh man. And, it, and isn't that just like a glimpse into where he was at life stage? Yeah. Too? Yeah. My and, gosh. and it was the only, basically the only kind of recent movie that he included on that list. That's cool. No PTA. Um, and no Coen brothers. I, I mean, and, and to me it's, it's like, those two have uh, s- defined so much of American cinema in the last 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm especially surprised by No Cone Brothers. Nothing from their, in, like, massive catalog. And it's crazy. Like, like I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a similar thing with uh, Quentin, where it's like, There Will Be Blood being in your top ten has become, like, a film bro yeah. motif. Yeah. And it has somehow, like, brought the reputation down. For how good his work is, but I think No Country should be on this list. Uh, I, that's that would be your Coen Brothers. I think it's their best movie. It might not be the one that I like the most, but I think it's their best movie. Yeah. What yeah, you think uh, of yeah. Fargo? I see, Fargo is probably my favorite, but I would go No Country because it is—it's probably their best and most kind of artful in yeah, exactly in, in its storytelling it's a little less choices, like comedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think there will be blood should be on a list like this. Uh, I think No Country is the easiest movie to say out of the past twenty years. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, to, and no, Terrence Malick guy, but those are those are kind of the big omissions for me. It's a weird, it's 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 a, it's a weird exercise, but it and, but they're you know again and good for them of showing the restraint of only doing this once a decade because now we all obsess over it for for days. So what 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 do you think about this? Like, it, you know, it's a little different now that it's just, like, this uh Jean, what is it? Jean Delman. It was Jean Delman is just, like, could be number 10 on enough people's lists that it sure. becomes number one. Yeah. But w- what do you make of this dethroning, this vertigo shift? Um. And I, I, why this movie? Like, let's break it down a little bit more. Because, as we said earlier, it is three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It is a woman, mostly... Doing mundane chores at home for excruciating, long amounts of time. Can I tell you what my letterbox review almost was? What? This woman's as anal about the lights being turned off as my stepdad is. (laughs) Accurate and true. She's constantly just turning the lights off. Uh, There's no music. There's no music. It's just the sound of her making meatloaf or peeling potatoes or it's, it's, it's really interesting to the, even the, the way that it's shot, they're almost, I think they're all static shots. Yep. And, and even the framing is like often purposefully off putting, you know, that, that where their her, her head is cut off when she's talking to someone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like, you know, cameras never just... quite centered. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, really, I, to be honest, the framing really reminded me of a lot of, um, japanese stuff specifically ozu who is um, represented in the top five in tokyo story um, but from what i read this movie has had a massive impact on japanese cinema tokyo story no Jean john oh yeah. yeah wow i didn't know that um, yeah that's interesting i can see i can see the influence that japanese cinema has had on it right i think i mean so so you watched it and and you would say you get it right not not oh it's so entertaining but like okay no, 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 no I obviously get. I, yeah it there is a special mesmerizing quality about it and it, it you know in some ways oh. it is like kind of highlighting a certain aspect of movies which is the voyeurism mm-hmm. in that like yeah i it, it's not even entertaining Th- that's why in my review i joked about it being the precursor to twitch which yeah. is just like i'm just watching a person live their boring life yeah and nothing, you know, significant happens, but here I am. And I'm and and I'm kinda entertained by it, even though I'm bored. I'm like, instead of doing dishes, I'm watching her doing dishes. Oh, that was me. I was carrying around my iPad, watching this movie, doing the dishes, doing chores, and then I find myself just sitting there watching her. It, it's almost a strange reminder of what movies are. Boy, see, and this is this is why I get it to a certain extent. I wouldn't put it at number one, but because I watch it, I'm like, this is a of ways terribly boring, uh, yeah. but I could write an essay about it. Like, yeah, it's interesting to talk about. It's interesting to, to do what we're doing right now yeah. with this. You know, really, I mean, I just was so interested by its structure, too, of these three days, and the first day is like a normal day. And then in day two, her routine starts to break down in these tiny ways that you really only could pick up on if you've been paying attention and it reminded me a lot of what we would talk about in my, in my Hebrew classes when we were studying Hebrew in the Bible and, and narrative structure in the Old Testament that you know, you'd, get the, you'd get these stories in the Old Testament that in, in some ways are that are really similar and use the exact same phrasing to describe, okay, and then this person did this and this and this. And, it, and it's like, oh, no, that's exactly what their father did 10 years before or whatever in this other mm-hmm. passage. And the point, which professors of mine would say, the point is as soon as there's a, a deviation from the pattern, Mm-hmm. You're now clued you're like, into what? you're you're keyed into what is happening, right? And and now you're starting to just mentally ask questions. Okay, why is there a difference? What's going on? And this movie, I think, exemplifies that really well. It plays with that, and I think can only play with that in its three and a half hour runtime. Right. That was a part of the analysis that I read up on mm. of like we need this time. Yeah. To like lull lull you into her rhythm so it's that much more effective when it even slightly deviates. Yeah. But at the same time, still boring. Watching it at at home, like I had it on and Sarah was like watching. She's like, I kind of like this. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like you're like making a face while you're watching. You're like, this is kind of interesting, but I'm not happy about it. It might be something that rewards with age, but. It, uh, it was funny because it was also like, oh, what's nice about this is that you and me can also just, like, talk while we watch a movie. Yeah. Because nothing's happening. Yeah. And I'm sure part of the effect is lost when you do that. Yeah. But I also think it's a really, really, really big ask of people to watch her, you know, make her bed for 10 minutes. Yep. You know. Could you in, imagine? In the context Like, in the context of a three-and-a-half-hour movie, yeah. knowing it's three-and-a-half hours and knowing it's going to be this for the next three hours— and they just ask you to sit there and keep watching. It's a big ask. Uh, could you imagine going and seeing this in a movie theater? No. Uh, now, I think the effect would be magnified. Yeah, no, it would be better. Yeah, I, I think it would be. I mean, it's what we talk about often with movies is is if you lean in and you give it something, you're going to get something out of it. Right. And it is just a question of, do I want to lean into something like this? Because ultimately, it's not that entertaining. And right. And can I get? Can I still get something out of it if I'm if it's just on in the background? Do, it, it reminds me of uh, Rooney Mara eating that pie in Ghost Story. Right, <laughs> but they were you know merciful enough to just do one. But it's just one them. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Where uh, it's like that becomes the set piece of the movie that you talk about all the time. Yeah. Versus like, all right, it's another scene of her. Oh yeah, that's a oh that's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's 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 like if the potato peeling scene was in the middle of a two and a half hour normal right. narrative, it actually might be the thing everyone talked about. Right. And. Yeah, I because mean, we do that all the time where it's like, yeah. oh, this one take that was like 20 yeah. minutes long, you're like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. It's more fun to react to. But, you know, I do have a sneaking suspicion. I think I'm going to rewatch this movie every time this list comes out and see how it affects me throughout the years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can see that. Because it, it, like, with two kids and you have two hours a night to yourself, again, this is a big ask yeah. <laughs> of your time. And you don't appreciate that ask. At least I don't in this season of my yeah. life. One of the big, one of the really striking things to me about watching it. So there's the sequence where she's, um, it's. I think it's on the third day, and she seems very dissatisfied with her coffee. Oh yeah, and and she's, the cover of the cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. made it, and then she drinks it, and she, she throws sm- it out, and throws some milk in there. Smells the milk. Is the milk bad? Yeah. And remakes she, it. She grinds some new beans. Sets it all up the water gun. She I mean, she does it like a chemex, she lets it bloom. And and it was really interesting to me because it's I recognize my own routine in a lot mm-hmm. of her actions, mm-hmm. except I would never do it in silence. And this is something we talked about on this podcast. Right. Of, I would not stand there with the kettle in my hand letting this coffee do its pour over thing. If I can't find the earbuds yeah. to my phone dishes aren't getting done tonight no <laughs> sorry i can't be entertained while i do this so no it's not gonna happen and you know obviously the movies from 1975 where right. airpods are not a thing and podcasts don't exist but she could turn the radio on right and it kind of gives you the gift of silence but also to observe a woman you know i think this is part of the movie you know kind of so deep in this like oppression of her situation and her routine and her her lot in life control and her control and to and there's just such a void and an emptiness. Yeah, I, this was something you and I had talked about the other day but I think as, as kind of fluky as it probably feels that this ends up getting the number one spot because it has the most mentions it mm. is it is such an interesting thing that is this is the movie that dethrones vertigo as the number 1. So you just I I rewatched Vertigo earlier this year, but you just rewatched it. Well, and right before we moved to Vertigo, a sneaking feeling that I had with this John Dale something. It's a it, it was so similar to when I watched Come and See. Mm-hmm. When it is a movie that you become part of a club if you get through it. Oh yeah. And it's almost more fun just for the sake of getting club membership. Than it is to actually watch the movie. And I feel like like a part of this review thing is like, yes, I survived that movie and now I get to talk about it. And get to and now I get to say to people, like, I know it sounds really boring, but you just gotta like go check it out. Sure. Like I can't explain to you why it's amazing. Yeah. People love having that thing to say. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. No, that I don't know, like I've just experienced that with a couple movies, and some of them are more true than others when uh, you say but that. It, I mean you know? that's like that's like um, Stalker, right? Right. To 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 be able to say, oh, I, I sat through Stalker. Yeah. Like, look how meditative. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like the potential I have for depth in my movie watching. Uh huh. Yeah. Obviously, I'm just investigating my own intentions right now. But uh, I had to point out before we move on to Vertigo. Before we moved on to more entertaining, oh, but fare. but. You say that, but even Vertigo is probably Hitchcock's most meditative movie, and in a lot of ways is kind of this anti-Hitchcock. Yeah, no, these two are friends. Yeah. Or or bitter enemies. Yeah, yeah. So you just rewatched it, and you'd seen it before. You know, I had seen it at the in-laws' house in, like, the worst (laughs) setting imaginable. Okay. Like... (laughs) Like, five minutes in, it's like, lights are on everywhere, <laughs> you know, something's getting out in the kitchen, like, what, what's what's this, what's this all about? Oh, well, okay, so he's, worst, worst way to watch a movie, and I don't think I, I got the full sense of it, so this, I feel like this is my first real, like, okay, I'm here for it. Okay, and what'd you think? I thought it was good. I, yeah. I you know, it would probably be three on my Hitchcock, yeah you know, power rankings, but it, and it was another, it, you know, similar to Jean over here. I feel like as you're older, as you're slower, it it blooms more and more. This movie, yeah, like watching it again in five years, and ten years, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because I, I I think my brain was a little bit on <laughs> critic analysis overdrive, where I'm like, all right, this use of green and red is like really prominent right now. Like, what's Eastern? Yeah, yeah. which is interesting stuff to think about. But versus just like i'm just taking in the information i'm not trying to guess the ending i'm not trying to like inject all my little bits of meaning in every frame yeah i remember the first time i watched it gosh did you watch it for school i was in college but i don't think i watched it for a class it was definitely like oh i gotta watch vertigo and you and and it's so interesting to me because it's like oh i gotta watch vertigo it's a it's a it's a thriller by Hitchcock called Vertigo. It's got to be a got a guy scared of heights, eh? And um, it's like I was just thinking Lucille, too the whole time. <laughs> I know, um, but then and I remember that I vividly remember the first time I watched it. So you know he goes through the whole thing in the first half of the movie where he's obsessed with her, and then she jumps into the bay, right? Yeah, yeah, and he saves her. and he saves her and then she fakes her own death, right? And, mm-hmm. and he thinks that she dies, and she jumps off the bell tower. And then, you know, at some point later, he's in the city, and he sees this woman, and I did not realize that it was the same actress. Right. No, I ca- at first didn't either. But I think if I were watching this movie in 1958, it would be like, oh, duh, that's Kim Novak both times because she's a famous actress, right? Right. If it's, if it's a movie... Made in 2022, and it's uh, Saoirse Ronan. You know, right, is right. is playing like, yeah, the parts. It's like you immediately yeah. recognize her. So I think there's some of that is lost, and I think you know, it, it, and Hitchcock is so good about like it almost makes it more confusing in 2022. Yes, yeah. yes. And then it was like, oh, she comes out. And I'm like, boy, she really does look like the other one. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wow. Um, <laughs> and and it's and it's ultimately not. I mean. I think I remember the first time I watched it, you know, where he's just driving around following her for, yeah. it must be like 20 minutes. And I probably fell asleep. Yeah. I, I remember like, that's... You, it's so relaxing. You've got to, it is so relaxing, but you've got to push through that part of the movie yeah, to get to the rest of it. It is funny that both these top dueling one and two spots on this list have this like hypnotic, mm-hmm. transfixed, mm-hmm. like lull you into what they're trying to do, quality to it. Yeah. And 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 the, the other piece of this that I think these movies are in conversation is, you know, kind of the, 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 the role of feminism in these movies. You know, and, right. and Vertigo is this all about the male gaze, all about, you know, male control and the way that that Scotty you know, controls every detail of her appearance and her dress to basically recreate this woman that he thinks has died and this is in ghost. love with this ghost, right? For his own his own whatever and his own obsession. Right. While while he's got this dear friend and would be life partner in Midge who mm-hmm. like adores him, but he is right. so obsessed with not a person, but mm-hmm. the idea of a person. Right. When he finds someone he thinks looks like them, that he will recreate her, even though it doesn't make any logical sense because it's not the same person. Even though it is, it is of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but and it's but like for him to justify in his head like this. Is that's crazy. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy, and and it's all about the control. Right. The second half of that movie is all about. And then you get this amazing shot where she steps out of the bathroom in that motel in the green light, the ghostly green, and 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 it's her. It's Madeline, and. And and he has done it right, right down to the spiral hair, right, and and then Jean Delmont is kind of the anti vertigo, uh, you know, or the the inverse of it. it, it it's the like woman. I have my control, yes. and I very slowly, subtly lose it. Yes, she's the one who's in total, you know, tight white knuckle grip control of every aspect yeah. of her routine in her life, and yeah. she's allowing these men that that are her clients. Um, mm-hmm. She's letting them into it, but she's getting something out of them. Right. And and they're this means to an end to take care of her son and to continue living. And, and she eventually turns into someone she doesn't recognize. Oh, yeah. Oh, With the ending. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And tiny, you know, cracks in her control of her routine is the thing that gets her there. As right. she starts to lose control she didn't you mentioned a moment where the sun says oh her hair yeah is yeah, messy. yeah yes even the hair it's yeah it's, just compared to vertigo of like the hair is not you need to pull it back and yes it. yes so yeah. it, and and it's almost like the movies are moving in opposite directions very strange like because again no one made this list for this now like for these movies to be in conversation with each other but they are Nobody said, "Okay, Jean Delmont's one. Let's put Vertigo two. Right. This right. is how it as a response yeah, and like yeah. an anti. Yeah. yeah. And and so I'm. It's very interesting to me, because in a lot of ways, Jean um, Jean Delmont really is kind of the anti-masculine male gaze movie, right? It's right. It, and it sets out to be. It is that purposefully. But at the same token, I think. Hitchcock was very aware of what he was doing. He did not create movies in a vacuum. Halfway through that movie, you're like, "Wait a minute! This is about you making movies." <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my creative writing teacher used to say every poem is about like whatever it's about, but it's also about writing poems. Yeah, which is you know, I, 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 and it's about making movies. Yeah, every yeah. movie is about making movies, mm-hmm. and and that, I mean that's the weird obsession of a filmmaker. Is mm-hmm. how do you create this thing that's in your head? Do I get it just right? Yeah. yeah. Just for it to betray me? <laughs> or do you take an extra 10 years on it because the technology is not quite there? Listen, I love water <laughs> and water based stories. All right. <laughs> that's what I'd like to focus on. And then, of course, Vertigo ends like, you know, this, this movie that's dominated by the male gaze. Vertigo ends with a woman actually dying. And the man survived Thank God. <laughs> and John Delman is the the inverse. It's the woman, right? You know, totally gripping control and killing this man. One of the best death scenes I've <laughs> ever seen. Where <laughs> he just goes. Uh. <laughs> it, does. it reminded me of a Grickle cartoon. <laughs> Do you remember those? <laughs> It was like cartoonish The way he died I mean she stabs him with a pair of scissors But he just goes (laughs) It was almost like Boy you know after three hours It's it's, kind of like they forgot They could make a movie exciting They're like wait We could have something (laughs) happen here Dude what if like now hear me out (laughs) Like things go awry Um uh you know so anyways that woman that movie ends with you know her killing this man and you know the movie and then it's like 10 minutes of her sitting at her kitchen table with blood on her thinking about man. it and all, I know and all i was thinking about was like okay but now what's she gonna do okay I'm like the movie's gonna end <laughs> i know that this is the end but like yeah but like what are you gonna do what are you drag gonna, him out what are you gonna do is, this, is it gonna become... buy some lie <laughs> yeah is this gonna be episode I mean, two of breaking God. bad yes yeah, uh, this dexter what are we doing here you're uh, too quaint for this yeah, yeah yeah but man what what like what is going on in our connected subconscious that these are the two movies mm. battling it out for one and two and they're just mirror images of each other which vertigo likes to play with obviously playing with mirrors all throughout the movie but it's okay not mirror but like almost like a double mirror you know yeah but but it's like you you go through this list and it's not every movie but so many of these are about the same things have you seen in the mood for love uh no i know it's it's one of those ones where it's like every single person says it is the best movie ever and i'm like and then we started it one night and watched the first twenty minutes, and it was like we are so dead tired from that yeah. day. I was like, this movie deserves more respect. We will come back to this, you know. And that's another one that's pretty meditative and pretty, oh, yeah. just like lull you into a vibe. Yeah. But Listen. but it's about. It's the stalkers. It's the yeah. stalkers on this list. Yeah. It's the. I mean, even Mulholland Drive, which is a kind of surprise. Yeah! Winch, yeah! Yeah! Lynch making the top 10. But to me, that's definitely his, like, there, it has the same exact rhythms. Yeah. It's like, wait, is this a dream? Is this, like, it's so slow and, you know, wandering throughout, you know, what you think is realities. It's hazy. It's ghostly. It's it's very strange what we're all drawn to. This is what I'm saying. Here is my kind of theory on the whole thing. Okay. Hit me with it. Because these are not the. Movies. But do you recognize that? In no, no, Mohandre? A hundred percent. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is there in Tokyo story. It is there. You could even say it's there to a certain extent in like 2001. Um, oh my gosh, 2001. Yes, that is yeah. easily yeah. like the, the number one word that comes to mind when I think about that movie is meditative. Yeah. Yes. And I think about that yeah. scene where they're like the spaceship is doing like. Yeah, you know, a twenty minute like oh, adjustment gosh, in space. Yeah, and it's so slow, but you get in a weird headspace when you're watching it, where you're you're thinking about your life and you're thinking about what's going on in the movie, but really you're thinking about your life and the world. Right? Yes, you know exactly. You know, I think about Apocalypse Now does this really well. Um, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's, I it's, hate I hate the gaps that I have it's, on this it's list. So good. Um, and I'm as I'm going, I mean, obviously, we talked about Stalker, but I think you've like eight and a half, which I know you just recently watched. Eight and a half is so right, it's it's not so meditative, but it's so surreal that it invites a meditative aspect to it, right? Barry Lyndon is another super, super slow burn. Um, man, what is going on? I know you have the answer, but I'm I like our case study that we're building here. So, oh, Blade Runner, man. Oh, my God. It's just like, <laughs> there he goes again, thinking and flying around. and Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, tears in the rain. <laughs> it's a uh, slow-ass movie. But, but I love... Gosh, see, isn't Blue Velvet, though, this, too? Is Blue Velvet on the list? Yes, Blue Velvet's 84. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, yeah, all, all of these, the reason I'm drawn to these movies, here's my lowest... Here's my common denominator. They all are these like like those uh, heated hot like springs in Norway, Uh you know. Uh And I like ease Uh into them, and there's a depth to them. Yes. And I just want to like ooze into these pools. Yeah. You know. Versus like. I don't know, like splashing through a puddle, which is fun. Like Abel uh, loves putting his rain boots on, running out, make a big splash, have a good time, come back inside. This is But oh my gosh, oozing into these. This know, is worlds. the perfect analogy because what is not represented on this list for the most part. Right, right. What is not represented on this list is popcorn fun. Right. Right. The Lord right. of the Rings is not on here. Right. It, Ben-Hur is not on here, which is on the AFI list. You know, it's, I mean... What well, was taken off is Lawrence of Arabia. And even Lawrence of Arabia is pretty meditative, but... But it, a little bit more epic. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, what's... No Quentin. No Quentin Tarantino. Obviously, there's not a superhero movie on here, but there's, there's you know, the Born Identity stuff is... It all, is there a Spielberg on here? Wow, no Spielberg. Not that I... I don't think there is, and, and it's kind of like... Which is crazy, which... One, there should be a Steven Spielberg movie on this list, uh, right? If if we're the, trying to but be he's the king of popcorn. If, but y- yes, the man invented popcorn. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like yeah, if you you could put Schindler's List on here, but I, no one wants to put that. I know. On there, come on now, what are we doing? It's like why Josh? Is it, I think Josh. Why isn't Jaws be on, on this yeah. list? Yeah, yeah Josh. It's so, <laughs> coming from someone who's never seen it. I recognize it. Probably should be on the list. Now the way people talk. Now, about it. number ten is. This is crazy, though. Number 10 is Singing in the Rain, which is, like, mm. pure entertainment, right? right. Um, There's a depth to it, though. But The Wizard of Oz is not on this list, which is kind of crazy to me. Anyway, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I, I think Singing in the Rain is better. I 1,000% agree that Singing in the Rain is yeah. better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Singing in the Rain is in my top 10 of all time, too. Like, I love this movie. Oh, okay, um, okay. But I say that, but I probably have 40 in my top 10. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, dude, that's top five for me. I like, already named like 30 movies. <laughs> Nobody's top five. Not a lot of representation of the popcorn kind of thing. And I think, the, you know, if you're polling critics, critics have to watch a lot of that, this <laughs> kind of shallower fare. It's the puddle. It's fun. It's escapist. Mm-hmm. But people who continue in movies and really. Or in, really any art form. Any art form. But we're yeah, talking yeah. about movies. Really invest in it. Really what they're seeking. What what we've talked about so much over the last 50 episodes is what we see about ourselves and our own lives in mm-hmm. movies. And so what this list to me represents is the movies that are so insanely effective. That you just put them on and all of a sudden you're thinking about your life. and right. And... And it's not just the quote unquote meditative ones, which we have named, but it is also like Citizen Kane, which is not so much a meditative movie, but is this scope of a man's life, right? The Godfather is the same way. The Godfather, in a lot of ways, it it has some meditativeness to it, but it is the scope of a man's life Mm -hmm. and how we see ourselves in that. You know, it gives us the space to just sit and consider. It's insane how much Citizen Kane does not work. It's insane how much Citizen Kane would not work if there wasn't that scene of him playing in the snow. Oh, I know, I know. The movie doesn't work. No, because you get the you get what it's like to be a child and then see yourself be destroyed. Yes, he understood that. But also Orson Welles is a brilliant man because I recently heard this on a podcast. Maybe you did too. Do you know? You remember at the end of the very the very end of the movie before the rosebud thing? There's like a close up <laughs> of a parrot and it squawks really loud. I don't remember Okay, that. It's, it's in Xanadu. There's like a bird, some big exotic bird. And it squawks really loud. Somebody asked right. Orson Welles, well, "What what's with the bird? What's the deal with the squawking bird? <laughs> and his answer was, it's a long movie. People are going to be falling asleep. Got to wake them up before the end. <laughs> 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 it's like, obviously at this point, people are asleep. Uh, and they are. Uh, I was going to say Taxi Driver, another very meditative Movie. His most and his most, yeah. Well, maybe Silence, but um. uh, I no no. <laughs> like Taxi Driver does the hypnosis. It's, you know, it, no, you're right. It's hypnotic. <laughs> silence is slow, but it doesn't hypnotize you. No, no. All these this movies is we're talking about hypnotize That's you. the word. In the Mood for Love, the first twenty minutes, it's like passing glances. It's like following them slowly around. It's like, the, dude, it, oh. this list is dark. <laughs> I'm like, get out, falling in the second place. Like that is the most popcorn hypnotism on the list. Uh, My gosh, what are they doing? Oh, man, I don't know. A pat okay, what? I am sure you haven't seen this. Pathir Pachali is on this list. This is um the Indian movie Sat Satya Jat Satyajit Ray it is it's two hours long but I swear the first time I watched it in a film class I thought it was four hours long and <laughs> You're like please it, it, there's just like scenes of like a grandmother like doing rhythmic music in their like impoverished village for minutes mm-hmm. on end and it's so hypnotic I mean it's I'm just looking at this list and it's so many of these movies <laughs> like it's crazy how to hit, hypnotize friends and family <laughs> that should be the renamed but my gosh that's such a like what are we drawn to what is this have you seen the third man yeah yeah the last shot again i mean the third man a lot of it but that last shot of her just walking down the road it's just pulling up the list i needed oh my gosh this is this right so this is my unifying theory here is that is that what what really you know for people that are really in the art and not. Not as a value statement, but people mm-hmm. who just, the, they've spent their lives studying this. The thing mm-hmm. that they most are responding to is the stuff that most quickly and effectively hypnotizes them into their own self-reflection. Man, even The Shining. The Shining's it's on Shining, here. I know. And most of that movie is this strange seeping into that hotel. Yes. Yes. Gosh. Spirit of the Beehive. My gosh! Yeah, I mean, even the Miyazaki stuff is kind of like—I was gonna (laughs) say—it's like it's so slow and relaxing. Yes, I mean, purposefully. Moonlight, right? Moonlight is like kind of Moonlight and Portrait as recent examples. Okay, North by Northwest should not be on this list. Uh, North, see, and every once in a while you come across one like North by Northwest, which is kind of the—I mean—are you arguing because of its quality? That it shouldn't be on the Oh, uh, and just with, uh, with the, our but established with, theme, here. yeah, yeah, with the theme, you know. I think about I love I, here. even like the Night of the Hunter, is you know, there's these long sequences, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they're and, just haunting and like dreamlike, 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 yeah, oh my gosh, that's man. We need to, you know, we need to publish this theory, we need to get this out to the people. I mean, I guess we're doing a podcast, so no, seriously, this, I'm we, I feel like we've really got somewhere, <laughs> the you know, the. The inclusion of the 566 minute Shoah documentary, nine and a half hour documentary on the Holocaust. Oh boy. <laughs> I was gonna say we should like make our way through this list, our gaps, and I'm like, nah, eh, maybe not. <laughs> but that would be that would be fun to do. Like, let's get through this 100 list in a year and have one of our oh, segments. Yeah, that's be a good like, idea. Which ones did you tick off this week? Yeah, that's a good idea. I'd be interested in something like that. Do, you, do would you want to do the, like watch them all, or do watch the ones you haven't seen? Watch the ones I haven't seen. I don't want to. I don't want to rewatch the one I just watched. Yeah, that that would be an interesting accountability of like. Yeah. And yeah what yeah. is our BFI update? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Well, and that's one of the things that I think high value for me of a list like this is that every ten years. It, well, is that a lot of people are going to look at this and say, oh, I've never seen In the Mood for Love. Right, right. But it's the fifth it's greatest movie of all time. Maybe I'll check it out. It's a cool poster or whatever it is. And and, and so, you know, it's kind of that, you know, layman's film film history. Mm-hmm. And and it is, I mean, these are great, right? Close up. I'm, I know that's uh, going to be the same vibe. I haven't seen it. Oh, gosh. It, I know. I, I ju- and I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know enough people have been like close to My top four. Yeah, no, well, I okay. So how how do we re- land this plane of this episode? What is one movie that is not on this list that you would put on here? What is the the movie that's not on this list that you feel most strongly should be? Fantastic <laughs> <Mr>. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Wes. I mean, maybe yeah, there's maybe yeah. A movie. yeah. <laughs> one movie, eh? You know what? Actually, I think I would put as far as coen brothers uh i'd put inside the davis on here oh man talking about meditative yeah i know it fits it fits the theme here or no country i don't know it's tough i don't think goodfellas should be on here um raging bull should be on here and it was and it dropped off yeah goodfellas took its place but i do think raging bull is the better scorsese movie one movie on here would you have one yeah see how you have yours (sighs) what's your oh uh, yours tree of life yeah i mean tree of life is like my real one but then i think yeah. then i think of like ah, what but what what like could be on here oh obviously i know mine oh my gosh uh come and see should be on this list come and see is on the director's list and it's weird that it's not on this list it should a hundred percent be on this list yeah that's yeah that's like that's non-debatable and to me, it should be in the top ten. Oh yeah, I you know for me, I think I think Tree of Life is is definitely like personally the one that I would go with. But I but I I just think of like to to be honest, the movie that keeps coming to mind is the original Alien. Mm. Yeah. As as a movie, I mean I Blade Runner's on here as a Ridley Scott movie as well. I don't know Alien is so effective and is so kind of exceeds its genre in a way that I think Blade Runner does and some of these other ones do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's old enough right i don't know alien alien i'd go with that or tree of life i mean I aliens tree of life. it's not even one of my favorite movies maybe top 10 or 15 but you know it you think it needs to be on A- 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 Alien's insanely good <laughs> it's insanely good but it doesn't fit our established theory i, I know well more than alien tree of so. life does tree of life does yes yes yeah okay well that is the sight and sound list, Grace Films fun. of All Time. This was a good conversation. This was good. This was very, like, I had questions myself of why, why am I into this? Yeah. And I feel like I figured some of it out. Yeah. Okay, so the rest of the month, we are going to do a Christmas episode. Okay. Not sure what it looks like yet, but a Christmas episode is coming. And man, we have a lot of Oscar fare coming down the pipeline, it's hard to sift through. It's especially hard to sit through because every single freaking movie has two release dates. I, I know. One, it'll one in theaters for a week, and then another one on Netflix two months later. I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how we're supposed to navigate some of these, or or really be able to tell which ones are having a moment enough to talk about it. I think. I think it's hard to say at this point because everything's gonna have a resurgence when award stuff starts coming in. Maybe our rhythm should be Christmas episode. We've got White Noise, which is coming out at the end of the month. We could rank all of the stop motion Christmas specials. You know, <laughs> that's something we could do. I <laughs> um, tried to show you not the year without a Santa Claus tonight. He was so bored. I showed Abel Rudolph. He was horrified by the abominable <laughs> stomach or snow monster. And then. Come January, we might be doing 2001 with special guests. That'll be fun. So till then, follow us on Instagram at movies while sleep. Leave us a rating and review. Send it to a movie lover in your life. Send if. If there's anyone you know that has brought up the sight and sound top 100 list, send them this episode. Just send them the episode. Send them this pod. They will 100% listen to the first 30 seconds at least. And that's all we can ask for. Till Christmas. Good night, y'all. Bye. Red flag number two they're British. (laughs) All right? (laughs)